take that extra bit of time to really think what you try to express. Code equals communication. Your team and even your future self will thank you because it reduces cognitive load and probably the WTF per minute rate. Hello and welcome to the PyBytes podcast where we talk about Python, career and mindset. We're your hosts. I'm Julian Sequeira. And I am Bob Beldebos. If you're looking to improve your Python, your career and learn the mindset for success, this is the podcast for you. Let's get started. A couple of weeks ago, we uh, sent an email out, code equals communication, 10 tips on making your code more readable. And we thought it was actually so important because naming things is really hard. And so, yeah, let's uh, dedicate a podcast episode to those 10 tips and hope um, they help you when you review your code, when you write your code, to name things more intuitively and lessen the cognitive overload that can typically happen with code. So here we go. In programming, naming things matters. Quote, when reading a call to a method with a vague name, you will need to spend some time up front to understand what the method does, and it will likely take several exposures before the functionality of the method is stored in your LTM, or long-term memory, and that comes from The Programmer's Brain by Feline Hermans, or Hermans. The bad news, naming things is hard. The good news, it's learnable and you can develop the habit with practice and over time. Here are 10 tips for better variable names. One, avoid single letter variables. They don't express intent. Besides, they clash with debugger commands. An exception would be loop counters as produced with enumerate, for example. For those, I tend to use I, not a PDV command, by the way. Although in the context of looping through a file, line underscore number, is still more readable. Two, be specific around purpose. Explicit is better than implicit from the Zen of Python. For example, if you have a variable called data, bad variable name, does not say anything. Okay, so then we have temperature. Okay, now I know at least what kind of data this. But you can also put a little bit more of effort into it and call it temperature underscore in underscore Celsius. That's even better because not only do I know that it's temperature data, I also know the unit uh, Celsius, right? The data is more specific and therefore more readable. Three, longer variable names are okay. You have more space to express meaning and the variable names become more unique, hence better searchable, especially when your code base grows. However, don't go overboard with the length. My constants tend to be the longest, relatively speaking. Four, don't put types in your variable names, also known as Hungarian notation. You can use type ins since Python 3.5, and we encourage you to do so. By the way, listen back to episode 82 with Bill Fry, and uh, you can learn all about type ins. Five, apart from typing, you can hint at what type of variable it is by a certain prefix. For example, for Boolean variables, or function methods for that matter, you can use is or has. For example, is underscore admin, is underscore valid, has underscore access, has underscore replied. Your brain is quick in processing that these return true or false. 
Again, readable variable names. Code is all about speeding up your understanding of the code. Six, use more variable names or group them together. For example, if you've referred to variables by indexing, user underscore settings, index zero, user underscore settings, index one, etc. Why not use tuple unpacking to get more meaningful intermediate variable names? For example, so here's an equation, right? So on the left side, we have first underscore name, last underscore name, age, profession, separated by commas, equals user settings. So we're unpacking user settings that has four elements and we put them into four intermediate variable names that are better named and hence easier to reason about. So you avoid the indexing altogether. And another way I often do this is to group variables together into an object, most notably a data class or a named tuple. And then you can access the variables as attributes. So in this case, where we had a list of user settings, you can actually have an object called user and access the attributes like user.first underscore name, user.last underscore name, user.age, user.profession. And that's super readable. Seven, in Python, use a single underscore to mark a variable as internal. And that's in air quotes because there's nothing really internal in Python. Python lets you overwrite anything, right? But the underscore is a message to other developers like, hey, this variable is only used in this namespace, right? So again, Python does not enforce it, but it's a way of communicating to fellow developers. I also use a trailing underscore times to disambiguate built-in functions because you never want to overwrite those. For example, max underscore, min underscore. However, usually this means I'm lazy and I can put a bit more effort into choosing a more meaningful variable name. So for example, if I would do some underscore to not clash with the sum built-in, why not call it total or even better, total underscore score. <laughs> that sounded funny, total underscore score. <laughs> this definitely is probably better written. Eight, similarly, if a variable is not meant to change, you should make it a constant. And as per pep eight in Python, that means making it snake case, but all uppercase. This is especially important in the context of magic numbers. For example, if you have 10, the integer 10 somewhere in your code as a lower boundary, a fellow developer does not know that you mean lower boundary. It's more readable putting that into a constant and place it at the top of the module. For example, min underscore score or min underscore score underscore four underscore ninja underscore belt. Uh, again, my constants are relatively long, but more readable. And those variables are all uppercase and here are some other examples we use on the platform. num underscore bytes underscore four underscore ninja underscore cert equals 100. min underscore upvotes underscore four underscore ranking equals 10. pdm underscore duration equals 84. And actually it would even be better to do pdm underscore duration underscore in underscore days. You get the point. Another example is complex regular expressions. But looking up those constants, I spotted this regular expression that might be hard to read. I'm not going to read out the whole thing. It would be horrendous, but basically it had a few sub expressions to match eight non-space characters. We use it for to validate a license key, but that was not immediately 
obvious. So you can easily put your regular expression in a read.compile compile and assign that to a constant. For example, valid underscore license underscore key. Again, use the opportunity to define more names in your program and your code will be exponentially more readable. Nine, I prefer to write all my code in English as it's the lingua franca between programmers. I also wouldn't use special characters, for example, tildes or um, just typical characters in Spanish. No, I just keep them plain English without special characters to avoid any encoding issues. And lastly, number 10, follow your style guide. So for Python, that means PEP8, which has clear rules for naming. All right, that's it. 10 tips for more readable code, because again, code is all about communication. I hope these tips are useful. Take that extra bit of time to really think what you try to express. Code equals communication. Your team and even your future self will thank you because it reduces cognitive load and probably the WTF per minute rate. Now go put this into practice and make your code more readable. And if you're struggling with this, just take notice of PDM or PyWise Developer Mindset Program. You have you build two apps end to end and through that process, there will be dozens of code reviews where our experienced mentoring team will guide you and teach you how to write more quality code. So if you want to know more about that, the link is below in the show notes. Hope this is helpful and we will be back soon with a fresh new episode. If you like this format of adding more technical topics to our podcast, as opposed to Julian, the mindset, then please let us know and we happily incorporate that. Thanks for listening as always and see you in the next episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode. To hear more from us, go to pybyte slash friends. That is pybit.es slash friends and receive a free gift just for being a friend of the show. And to join our thriving Slack community of Python programmers, go to pybyte slash community. That's pybit.es forward slash community. We hope to see you there and catch you in the next episode.